Hello, and welcome to Side by Side Digital, brought to you by Farm Credit Services of America and Frontier Farm Credit. This podcast series tackles topics geared towards young and beginning producers. Each episode, we invite farm credit and ag industry experts to share their insights on financial management, business outlooks, transition planning, and more. In this episode, we have a topic that's essential for every farmer and rancher, how to find the right accountant. Join us as Rebecca and Janan talk through the importance of having a strong financial partner and questions you should consider when looking for an accountant. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Side by Side Digital. I'm Rebecca Shively, Customer Education Specialist at Farm Credit Services of America and Frontier Farm Credit. I'm here today with Janan Enns, a certified public accountant, and we're talking about how to find the right accountant for you. Janan, thanks for joining us today. Do you want to kick us off and tell us a little bit about you and your background? Yeah, I have had an accounting business for about 20 years. My dad and I started the business and uh, my son is coming along and I'm kind of training him and he just passed his enrolled agent exam. And so he is now licensed to practice before the IRS. So we are getting ready to hit into heavy tax season and this would be a great time to answer questions about what people should be looking for when they're looking for a, a tax preparer or a good accountant. Nice. And remind me, you have a background in ag too, right? You come from a farming family? Yes. I call myself a Midwest girl. I grew up in Kansas and then I became a CPA. I lived in St. Louis and then I met a dairy farmer from Nebraska and I moved to Nebraska and um, milked cows for, for seven years. And I always kind of tease that my husband made a, a bad choice marrying a CPA because uh, I ran the numbers and it was like, you know what, daring is not really viable for us anymore. So we ended up selling out. But yeah, I uh, I was a dairy girl for a little while. So and I really enjoyed it. He and I enjoy working together. So so yeah, I I do have a little bit of ag background and I do quite a bit of farm taxes too. So. Nice. So to kick things off, let's talk a little bit about why it's important to have a good accountant, especially for farmers and ranchers. In some cases, it's not just someone crunching your numbers, but they're really more of a partner who can help you with kind of some of those strategic decisions that you're making in your operation. So why is this role so important in your farm team? Yeah, absolutely. It is so important to have a trusted advisor who understands. I mean, that's you bring up a good point about farming specifically Farm taxes are different than trucking taxes or, you know, just other small business taxes. The the laws are different if you are a farmer. So it's really important to find somebody that knows farming taxes. You know, a lot of people look at a CPA and they're like, oh, you're a CPA, you know everything about everything. And that absolutely isn't true. There are areas of specialties, especially with farming, because the rules are a little bit different. There's a lot of opportunity for tax savings. And so you want to find somebody who knows farming tax law so that you can meet with them and kind of get a picture of where you want your operation to go and how to keep good books and records so that you don't miss any tax deductions. And there's some special issues like with a mileage log and, and certain things that a farmer needs to be aware of so that they're not missing out on any tax deductions. So I would never suggest, this is going to sound really self-serving, but 
I would never suggest that a farmer do their own taxes. There's just too many things that you can miss that it's going to hurt you income tax wise. Well, and the fact that the laws change so much over time, like it would be really hard for a farmer on top of everything else that they're doing to keep up with that. But really, if you're in the accounting world, that's that's your job to kind of be on top right. of all those things. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's a good point you bring up. You know, as a CPA, we're required to have continuing professional education. We have to have 40 hours of, of education every year. Part of that is keeping up with new tax laws and making sure that that we understand and, and get the right training so that we can help our clients. So let's say I'm kind of a young producer, new to farming or taking over the family business, and I don't want to do my own taxes, so I need to find an accountant. How do I get started? What's kind of your, your first piece of advice for going down this road of finding someone who fits with me? If you're taking over an existing business, a lot of succession planning, a lot of young farmers end up going to the tax preparer of their parents or their grandparents. And usually that's a that is a pretty good fit because there are some ways that that particular business has run. And, you know, in farming, especially you have a lot of personal, you know, the farmers living on their ranch or on their farm. And so there's personal expenses, but there's also business expenses. If you're living on a big piece of property, some of those property taxes are just completely personal, but a big chunk of them are going to be for your business. So having some continuity with a tax preparer, you know, somebody that does know your operation, did your parents' taxes, did your grandparents' taxes, that I wouldn't necessarily say, you're starting new, let's just start fresh and let's just go find somebody new. So so if you're talking about somebody that's had has an existing operation, I would say you definitely want to develop a rapport with whoever's footsteps you're following in their tax preparer to help them understand your, you know, what your goals are, what your operation is. Now, if you're starting from scratch, which I know farming, it's really difficult to, to start farming from scratch. There are trade organizations. I usually look at trying to steer people toward other farmers and ranchers, you know, finding somebody in your area that you both sell cattle at the same place or you you both sell your grain at the same co-op but having some kind of a a relationship to say where do you where do you get your taxes done and and so in a way you're kind of interviewing a colleague to find out you know how long have you been with this person do they just do farm taxes so that's usually how i tell people to maybe start out is other people who've already been doing what you're doing, you know, other farmers who are, who already been in the business for a while and getting their taxes done to find out where did, where do you go? How did you find somebody? One thing I would suggest is do not just go to the phone book. Does anybody know what a phone book is anymore? Uh, <laughs> don't, don't just go don't, to the Google. Right. Don't just Google, Hey, who does farm taxes? I mean, that might be a good place to start, but that is kind of like just finding somebody out of the phone book. You know, people can say a lot of stuff on, on a website that still doesn't mean that they're the right fit for you. So you maybe could start with that, but you definitely want to go through an interview process. Even if you talk to somebody and find out who they use and they're very happy with them, that still might not be the right fit. So I think there definitely is an interview process that you would want to go through. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, can you say more about this interview process? Like, is this a face-to-face -face thing? Is it just 
make it a phone call after I check out their website, but how, how should I start that process? What I recommend is that there's usually a, an initial phone call and you find out, are you taking on new clients? Um, that's the first thing. I mean, and generally they would tell you, but one of the first questions that I ask when I get a, a call is who was doing your taxes previously? And if they're not going to be doing them, why are you switching to me? From my side of things, you know, I want to know if they've had somebody before. If they're brand new, you start with a phone call and then I do like a face-to-face. I mean, network so much in a digital age where you can do so much remote, you can do, you know, a Zoom call, but I really like a face-to-face. And I, and I find that, especially my farming clients, they do like to meet in person. So we would we would just set up a meeting and if they never done tax, you know, this is brand new, this is their very first year, I'm gonna wanna see books and records or, you know, what do you have? Because from my standpoint, I, I wanna know uh, how much work is involved, how much work have they done, how much bookkeeping have they done, or are they looking for me to do their bookkeeping? And so there's a lot of pieces that you have to look at. And that's that's one of the issues too, is that you don't want to be blindsided by fees. And a lot of times I find that people are, they don't want to pay for those services because you know they're not used to it or they don't know what to expect. You know, it, it's hard to say, but that's definitely a, a conversation that you want to have with your potential tax repairs. How do you charge? And what can I do to help reduce my bill? Or how do you bill? Do you bill for bookkeeping? If I bring you a shoebox, is it going to be more expensive than if I bring you a spreadsheet? And generally the answer is going to be, yes, there's a big difference. But a matter of just talking through and understanding your own operation well enough to be able to explain it to a potential tax preparer so that they don't miss something and say, oh, no, I've got to charge you way more for that. You didn't tell me that you had these other issues also. You want to have a lot of information in your pocket when you're coming to have that initial meeting so that there aren't any surprises of, you know, maybe information that was lacking. So it sounds like almost being prepared to to talk and give a little summary of your business, the different entities you have, kind of what all you have going on with your operation, and then also some of those documents. Is that helpful for that first meeting? Yes. So I always ask for two years of tax returns. And so when somebody comes to me and they say, how much is it going to cost me? I will look at your previous tax return and I will input those numbers. And then I can tell you exactly what I would have charged you to do this tax return. Now, if you've got a lot of different things, that price may change, but that way there's not as much sticker shock. So for a brand new person coming in, they would need to tell me, how are your records going to come to me? Are you using QuickBooks? Are you using some kind of farm accounting? Are you going to give me a a profit and loss statement and a balance sheet? Because that's going to be a lot different than them saying, well, I'll give you 12 months of bank statements and I want you to put all that stuff, which most accountants, most tax preparers will do that for you. That That is a service they provide, but that is not generally part of preparing the tax return. That is a separate fee because that's a whole different area than doing taxes. Yeah. 
sounds like sifting through a shoebox takes a, a lot of yeah. patience and a different, slightly yeah. different skill set. I like the point that you made, though, about um, this is an investment in your business to make sure that it's being done correctly and that you're reaping the most benefits from it. So I think being prepared to like pay an appropriate fee for those services, right. I think, is a really good call out because it should it should pay off in the long run of your business. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I usually tell people because I'm not in sales. So like if, if I worked for you, I'm not going to make you money by selling you things, but I can save you money by knowing what tax deductions are available or steering you in the right direction saying, um, you need to keep track of this so that we can deduct it. And so really making a sale or saving you money, it hits the bottom line the same way. And so if you have a trusted advisor who understands the tax deductions and knows what to tell you about what kind of records that they're gonna need to see, it's definitely worth the money. And I like how you put it, that that it is an investment. Um, it isn't just, oh, I've got to pay my accounting bill. So there's a lot of different services that someone might be looking for, whether it's bookkeeping, tax prep. Can you maybe speak to some of the different services that someone might be looking for and how they know what they need? So, you know, there are a lot of accounting firms. They have a, a separate bookkeeping department. And that would be somebody that you hire basically on a monthly basis to do your bank reconciliations and keep track of all that. And then at the end, they run the profit and loss statement of the balance sheet, and then they give that to the tax preparer that works in their office. And then the taxes can be prepared for that. Also, a farmer could get their own QuickBooks program so that they can do their own books and records. And it's also possible that maybe they don't want to pay an accountant or maybe there's um, a spouse that is totally willing, that's not so involved in the farming operation and has time to do the record keeping. And so finding out whether this accounting firm also offers training, here's how you should put the spreadsheet together, or here's the QuickBooks program that you should use. And I can train you on how to use it. And then you can call me if you have questions, but you're going to do most of the work. And I can, you know, walk you through what you need to give me, but that would be very cost effective if you have somebody within your operation that has time. So that that's one of those services that, that they would want to ask about is like, if I want to do it myself, do you have training? Can you help me do it myself? There's also tax planning, which is different than tax preparation. That's a, an additional fee. That's an additional service. And there are some tax accountants, they don't want to do the planning. And probably those are generally people that don't do a lot of farmers. Farmers, I would say you should always do tax planning ahead of time because you have a lot of benefits of prepaying expenses or holding brain until the next year. And that definitely is going to affect your, your tax bill. Succession planning. Not all CPAs do succession planning. Not all CPAs work with retirement issues. And so those are questions that you would want to to ask to see what kind of opportunities that that CPA might, might do. Also, generally farmers don't have too much to do with sales tax, but if for some reason they would have retail that's not food, you'd have sales tax issues. So does your, does your accountant, can they do sales tax? Can they run payroll for you? Um, or can they train you to do payroll? So those would be some of the some of the areas that not all accounting firms focus on. So those would be things that you would want to ask. 
Nice. What about um, entity structure? So does it matter like if I'm a sole proprietorship versus an LLC? Does that dictate kind of what kind of accountant I might need? Or are there certain questions I should ask related to my business structure that might be helpful? Yes, that's an excellent question. So a sole proprietor, that means you're just filing a Schedule F. It's just you by yourself. It's one schedule, part of your 1040. Um, Those are fairly basic But once you get into LLC or partnership or even decide maybe you want to incorporate, those are a whole different set of rules. Partnership tax law is different than sole proprietor tax law, even if you're a farmer. Even if you're a farmer sole proprietor, if now you're in a partnership in a farming business, that's a whole separate tax return. Or if you decide that you want to incorporate, um, then there's a whole lot of other issues about how to save taxes by incorporating. And not all CPAs are well-versed in those different entities. Some of them really, it's like, I know Schedule F, but I don't really know about an S-Corp or a C-Corp or I don't do partnership tax. So again, as I mentioned earlier, just because somebody is a CPA and they do taxes, it doesn't mean they know everything about all taxes. Me personally, partnership tax law is quite complicated and I kind of stay away from partnership tax law. So if somebody, if I had a pair come in and say, we have a partnership, I'd be asking them a lot of questions about how their partnership is structured. And I may say, you know what? I don't have the expertise for that. That is also a question is if you have somebody says, oh yeah, we have expertise in all areas of tax. It's like, well, if they have a big firm, then that's probably true. But if it's a one man band, you might be a little suspect to say they know everything about all areas of tax because that's just a lot to know. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, Anyone who's claiming to be an expert in everything, (laughs) proceed with caution. Yeah. (laughs) I was just thinking as we're talking about, you know, a one brand band or a bigger firm, there are some firms that they do have more of a, a front man that's somebody that you meet with or maybe a higher up a partner in that firm, but they're not going to be the ones that are actually doing the work. And so sometimes that causes a little bit of strife because the taxpayer comes in and and they develop the rapport with the person they interviewed with and then come to find out they're not going to be the ones doing the taxes. And sometimes that upsets taxpayers because they're like, oh, I thought you were going to do it. I feel comfortable with you. I don't know this person that's under you. So that's something that the taxpayer would definitely want to ask is how big is your staff and are you going to pass me off to somebody Or are are you going to review my taxes? Maybe you're not going to do the data entry, but are you going to be the one that reviews it? You know, after I've given you all my stuff, are we going to have a meeting to go over it? A lot of our younger farmers now are doing things remotely. You know, you've got your banking app online. You can do so many things on an app. And maybe they are like, well, I don't want to meet in person. Do you have the technical capability for me to upload documents or you to download or to me to do an e-signature or do e-filing? So the whole electronic piece of the question and answer time with the taxpayer and also making sure from the tax preparer standpoint, do they have a secure portal? Is your data going to be safe if we're doing it electronically? So those would be questions to to ask to make sure that there is secure protocol. Yeah, those are great points. I like the point you also made about like your communication style, because if you're someone who doesn't like face-to-face meetings or you're not much of a texter, um, making sure that you're in alignment on that so you aren't having 
you know, discrepancies or, you know, just a hard time getting hold of each other. That one seems like an important one to think about. Yes, definitely. Most people have cell phones. Most people have the ability to text, but not all firms want to communicate by text, you know, because it isn't the most secure way to communicate. Most firms shouldn't be accepting, well, all firms shouldn't be accepting documents with sensitive data, like a social security number or a driver's license. They should be saying, no, that needs to be uploaded to a secure portal. You're going to need a username and a password and maybe some multi-factor authentication. And so those would be questions that I would want to, you know, if I was on the other side of the table, it's like, is my data secure? How do I get my information to you? Can I drop it off in person, my hard documents, but then can we do the rest of it remotely and just find out if it's a good fit that way? I know a lot of firms now are moving to, they don't want to do face-to-face anymore. They want it to be remote. I'll say I've, I've got some clients I've never actually met in person. We just do it securely. We do video chatting, but they've never been in my office and, and sat and talked to me face-to-face. Some people are good with that and simply like, well, then I, you're not the right person for me because I want to. I want to have a face-to-face with you. So yeah, definitely want to find out um, in this, like I said, this digital age, what is the communication style and is it a good fit? Yeah. And the fact that we can do so many things virtually. So is it a good idea to find someone who's in the same state as you for purposes of state taxes or does it matter or how do you handle that? That's a good question. I do taxes in Minnesota, South Dakota, Colorado, Oklahoma, Missouri, Iowa, Kansas, you know, I have the ability because it's remote and I have secure portal to upload. But one thing to be careful of is Nebraska taxes are different than Iowa. Iowa is different than Kansas. And so you want to make sure that that your tax provider, your, your CPA does understand tax law in those different states. Now, most tax software is going to cover all 50 states, but that still doesn't mean that I, that I, as a tax provider, tax preparer, know the nuances and knew, oh, Iowa has this special credit. Oh, I didn't know about that. Sometimes it's good, even though you can do remote, it's good to stay within, you know, I'm a Nebraska resident. I want a CPA who works in Nebraska. So definitely a good question to ask. Maybe you cross states. Maybe you have uh, a farmer that he's, he has property in Iowa and he has property in Nebraska. Those are two tax returns that if they're income producing and and so it may be, oh, I need to find somebody that does have dual credentials, basically knows Iowa and Nebraska and knows how those two might work together. Yeah, that's a great point. If you have multiple farms and enterprises and kind of going back to what we talked about before, being maybe a little wary of someone who's an expert in all 50 states yeah. too. In case anyone's using that on their website, uh, be wary of that too. Changing gears a little bit, I know you said at the beginning that you have a lot of experience and you've been doing taxes a long time. So I'm curious, what are some of the things that your your favorite clients who are maybe farmers do that really set themselves up for success and, and make sure that they have a good experience and that it's I mean, taxes are never a pleasant experience, right? But how do they make it less painful? Is there some tips you can share, especially for kind of younger producers, uh, how they can set themselves up for success when meeting with their accountant? Yeah, definitely. I love clients who come to me prepared, who know what kind of situation they're in already, that they do have good books and records. They keep their business records separate from their personal records. 
generally if they have spreadsheets or they use an accounting software like QuickBooks and they keep really good books and records, not only will that save you money in your tax bill, but it'll just make things less painful for your tax preparer. I just had a tax planning meeting this morning with a new client and they gave everything to me. Just here's our crop income. Here's the the cattle that we sold. Here's the feed we purchased. And everything is line by line laid out really nicely. Also, being able to kind of have an idea about where you want to go. You can go out and buy a piece of equipment and the tax laws will allow you to write off 100% of that. Is that the best thing always for a farmer to buy um, equipment and just expense it all in the first year? That's where you want to be able to have a conversation with your tax preparer. And if you don't have good books and records, then your tax preparer is not going to have a good idea how to advise you and to say, yes, you should do that. Or, well, I can't really tell you because your records are not in good shape. So going into your meeting where the farmer kind of knows, you know, I don't know all of my tax deductions, but I I have a pretty good sense of, yeah, I made money this year and I need some deductions. Should I prepay my fuel? Should I prepay my chemicals? If you don't have good books and records, it's impossible to know how much you have available, what's going to lower your taxes. And also people hate paying taxes, but if you're a sole proprietor who's a farmer, when you pay tax, part of those taxes are self-employment tax and that's contributing to your social security account. And so having a tax preparer that understands how social security works and how that all fits in with your sole proprietor schedule F farming is really important because you get down the line, you've been farming for 30 years and you've always taken all the write-offs you can. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, I was never contributing to social security. How did I not know that? And so that's it's like, well, but you never paid tax. <laughs> and that means you're not contributing. If you're a W-2 employee, you're contributing really and you don't even recognize it because it's coming directly out of your paycheck. Farmers are different in that their income, that's what they're paying into the system is based on whatever their profitability is. So we don't always want to have no income. <laughs> Sometimes we have to pay tax and it's, it's going to benefit us later. Yeah, that's a really great point. Usually it's about finding that balance and working with someone who can really give you good advice on what's best for you and how it fits in with your long-term goals too with your your operation. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I like what you said about finding balance. You don't want to pay too much. And so as a tax preparer, I want to find that balance of looking at what your long-term goals are and paying into the system, but making sure we take all the deductions that you're entitled to and maybe doing some deferrals like, well, maybe in this year, we don't want to buy that piece of equipment because next year you're holding a bunch of grain or your cattle prices are going up and you know next year you're going to have big income. So it's like maybe we need to save that piece of equipment till next year so we have an offset. Just having that tax preparer, not just be your tax preparer, but to be that trusted advisor that you can call during the year also. And that's a, something that we didn't really talk about a question to ask is, can I reach out to you during the year if, if I'm trying to figure out, should I buy that piece of equipment or how's that going to look? Where are we at in the year? Are you going to take my call? Or is it, nope, I do tax planning in December and then January, February, taxes are due for farmers March 1st. You know, don't expect to hear from me any other time. 
don't expect me to answer your call. So you definitely want to be able to find out, can I have a relationship with you through the year? Or is this just kind of a one and done each year? It's like, yeah, you did my taxes. I'll see you in 12 months. Yeah, that's a great point. Farmers have a different deadline than other taxpayers. They're not required to make estimated payments if they make all of their, if they pay their taxes by March 1st. So you want to find out, is your accountant going to be able to get things done on time? How soon do you need my information? Do you need my information by February 1st in order to make that March 1st deadline? And so that's one thing that the taxpayer needs to be aware of is they're kind of under the gun. You know, it's not an April 15th deadline if you're a farmer generally, if you owe tax. If you don't owe tax, then you don't have that March 1st deadline because it's just the taxes have to be filed and paid by March 1st if more than 66% of your income is from farming. Otherwise, you have until April 15th if you don't owe tax. But that's something that you need to make sure how soon do I have to give my information to you in order for me not to worry about having penalties for not having gotten my taxes done by by that March 1st deadline? So extensions is a good a good question to ask. Let's say that I did inherit an accountant from my parents or my grandparents as I'm taking over the operation. And let's say it's it's not a great fit and it's not going well. Um, any advice on how to how to break up with my accountant? That's a really good question. I think it's a matter of just letting them know, I feel like this isn't a good fit. And I, I think it's just common courtesy to say, I'm, I'm going to go a different direction. And I found another another person. And just be prepared. It, it can also go the other way. You know, and it may be, you know, a lot of times, let's say you've got parents or grandparents and their tax repairs older also. And they may say, you know what? Your family's been with my firm for a long time, but I'm retiring. I'm selling my business and I'm selling my business to this group over here. And so then it's like, then you have to start the tax questions over again, because maybe it's the same firm, like they're keeping the name, but now it's all new people. And so it may be that it's a whole different setup than what your parents or your grandparents were used to because those people are retiring and now the firm's really being run by um, younger people who maybe have a different way of how they want their, their business to run. And again, as I mentioned earlier, to know your operation, to know what your goals are and are you profitable? Do you know whether you're profitable or not? And that's important to know. Yeah. And I think part of what goes along with that is you as the producer not being afraid to be open and honest and share. I think yes. sometimes we're hesitant to share every aspect of our business or we want to keep certain things private or we think that they're personal, but probably you get more out of that relationship in the long run if you are really open and transparent and willing to share everything about the business. Yeah. And, and you bring up a good point there. It leads me to talk about ethics and confidentiality. As a CPA, I have a code of ethics that I, I can't share your situation with anybody. So I'm dealing with this right now with some succession planning. So I've got my grandfather, basically a father and a son. They want to be kept separate, you know, so I don't, I don't talk to the, the grandpa about what the son is doing. I don't talk to the father about what his dad is doing. Those are private conversations, unless I can get authorization and say, oh no, we, we can all talk about it. But to develop that rapport so you can feel like 
yes, I can trust you. And I, I can talk to you about all the situations that are affecting my taxes. You know, we're not being nosy. We need to know some of those things so that we can give you good advice. And that would be the other thing I would really stress where I usually find issues is people selling a big piece of equipment or they're selling land and they don't come and talk to me about it. And then I don't find out until I do their taxes, which the year's over and there's nothing that can be done about it. There's no tax planning measures anymore because that piece of ground's already been sold. And now I can't tell you, oh, maybe we should do that over two years or don't do it in this tax year. You want to do it next tax year. So that's why you definitely want to be having conversations with your CPA accountant, tax advisor when you're making those financial decisions. They should be included in that so that they can say, oh, this is not the right time to do that. Or have you thought about maybe doing a 1031 exchange? And maybe they're like, I don't even know what that is. Oh, good. I'm glad you called me because this is something that might really benefit you and give you a lot of tax savings. So I'll ask you one more question. What is one piece of advice that you'd like to leave the young and beginning folks that are maybe listening to with? I just cannot say enough about having good books and records and to get training. You know, we're, we're just starting out. Funds are really tight and I have the time and I want to learn how to do it myself. Find somebody that can get you good training and point you in the right direction so that you have those records so that you have a good handle on how your business is doing, that you know where you're going and that you have the data to be able to make those decisions. Should I buy a piece of equipment? Can I afford to hire employees? Those are all things that you just cannot make those decisions, even about what entity structure, if you don't have good books and records. Really great advice to end on. Well, Janan, I want to thank you for spending time with us today. Lots of information to think about and really emphasizing that importance of the role that your accountant plays in your farm team. I think that was loud and clear with our discussion today. So I want to thank you for spending time with us today and thank everyone in the audience for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Side by Side Digital brought to you by Farm Credit Services of America and Frontier Farm Credit. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or post your comments or questions on Facebook and Twitter using the hashtag SXSDigital. For more information or to watch the full webinar and other educational content from our side-by-side digital series, visit fcsamerica.com slash XSSDigital. Thanks again for joining us.